Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I'm your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Bestselling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 90 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here is where we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing, highlighting that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Life Transformation Radio and join us live. You can also click that follow button and follow along as we produce more episodes. You'll never miss out. You can join our Facebook group at Life Transformation Radio Community. And if you're on a podcatcher like Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio Public, Pod, Google Podcasts, Pandora, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and a review to let us know what you think. You can also join us on YouTube at Life Transformation Radio. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing people who are impacting everyone around them. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, go ahead and give us a call at 657-383-1109 and ask your questions live. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show my amazing guest for today, Deshama. Deshama, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Thank you, Sean. I'm happy to be here. It's Dashama is how I pronounce it, but you can say it. Dashama. Sorry. <laughs> my, my, my apologies, Dashama. Uh, I, so we met. And I instantly was was just overwhelmed by your positivity and your smile and your happiness. And I said, I have got to learn more. Like, you have a remarkable story. You're doing amazing work in the world. And it is just an honor for me to have you here to talk about that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. To get here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the the title of this episode is Lifestyle of Health and Sustainability with Dashima. Since 2005, she has produced hundreds of videos, multiple best-selling online courses, 32 instructional DVDs, written two published books and four ebooks, led international retreats, teacher trainings and events serving the growing demand for her high-quality educational material in the meditation, yoga, health, and wellness market segment known as LOHAS, Lifestyle of Health 
and sustainability. Her her, her productions have distribution globally through Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, ATTUverse, Broadband TV, Marriott Hotels, Shangri-La Resorts, Roku, Apple, Daily Yoga app, and more with a total reach of 150 million potential daily viewers combined. Dashima was inducted into the Happiness Hall of Fame at Stanford in 2019 and spoke at the United Nations for International Day of Happiness in 2016. You can view the Happiness Hall of Fame speech by clicking that link below. Her website and Facebook link is right there in the show notes. Go click on her website. Check out what she has going on. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. So the first question that I have to ask, and I believe is the most important question you could ever ask, is why? Why do you do what you do? I love that question, Sean. Thank you. You know, it is at the core of everything that I do is this deep purpose. It's purpose-driven for sure. And it came from my own suffering, my own suffering and the, and the experience that I had with the world and, and all the suffering that's in the world and wanting to really help heal the world and, and to offer any solutions that I can and just a deep hunger to serve, you know, a deep desire to, to be of service to this world. As a young person, I, I had a lot of trauma. Uh, my mother lost her mind when I was six, when I was seven years old, actually. And, and she became schizophrenic. And I remember the day and it was so impactful. And that journey changed my life forever and the trajectory of my, my early childhood. We ended up living in foster homes. And so it was actually quite Interesting, many years later, I ended up seeing the blessing of that because I was able to live in all these different homes. I had many different families. You know, it wasn't necessarily all roses, but, you know, looking back, I'm able to see the silver lining. And I did spend the majority of my my uh, early adult life healing myself. And so I do feel that that's how I ended up becoming a happiness guru. But Overall, I'm grateful for all of the challenges because I see that they were all a necessary step to becoming who I am and this deep driving force of healing myself and finding my own happiness from within regardless of external circumstances and really that, that quest that we all have to find mm-hmm. deeper meaning and purpose of life and to connect to, you know, just our innate in our innate inner joy, regardless of what's happening around us. And that became the most important driving force of my life at one point. And then once I discovered how to do that, I was like, everybody needs to know how to do this. And I became very driven to share that with the world just from a very um, pure place of knowing how deeply it had changed my own life and how important it is to be able to find happiness and to be and experience and feel happy um, and joy and fulfillment and contentment within regardless of what's happening around us. And I feel that that's a skill necessary in this world at all times, but especially right now with COVID and all these other things happening. But um, everybody needs that skill and we should be teaching that to children. We should be teaching that to everyone. And so it's definitely the cornerstone of the purpose of my life and I've been doing that in all these different ways. So, I mean, whether it's, you know, at the United Nations or 
you know, online through courses, different speaking events, different things that I've been able to do to share the message. It's always the same intention. It's to help people to be able to connect to people where they're suffering, but also to help them to see the light at the end of that, to say, you too can rise up from whatever you've been through. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what they say is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And at the same time, you know, we are here to be living with a, a joyful heart. And so to let things go and to rise above and to find that lightness and that happiness of life is, a, is such a blessing. It's, it's more important than any wealth, any accolades, is to just feel that good, feel that good energy inside and to be able to radiate that positivity. Oh, and we definitely need more of that. There's so much divisiveness and ugliness and everything else going on in the world that if we could just take some time out for gratitude, which I believe is the godfather of positivity. You know, everything derives from gratitude and energy and the way that you feel inside most of the time, I would say, and I'd love to get your opinion on it, how we feel on the inside really manifests in our daily actions and shows the true nature of what we're feeling and thinking and believing on the inside. Because you can put on a smile and you can walk around and say that you're happy, but you should probably tell your face about it because you may not look happy <laughs> or you might come up with a snarky <laughs> tone like I'm, ha- I'm happy, you know, like really. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'd love to get your opinion on that. I mean, I believe that gratitude is the number one way that you create positivity and, and happiness in yourself and into the world and how you really feel on the inside and what's really on the inside that's manifesting itself on the outside in your daily actions. 100%. That's exactly how I feel as well, Sean. Perfectly said. I, you know, when I was speaking at the United Nations for International Day of Happiness, that was actually the meditation that we led. I was working with these scientists, actually, and they've been doing research about the, the power of gratitude. And we did a 20, I think it was 21 or 22 minute gratitude meditation, which is really life changing. I mean, I have this available on my YouTube channel. If anybody wants to go check it out, you can go check it out at my YouTube channel at Dashima. Um, But basically um, just repeating the word, thank you. But the key is, so it's 20, 22 minutes of just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But the key is to do it with a smile, first of all, because that changes your physiology and then also to really feel it. Right. So if you're thinking like, thank you, or I'm grateful, but you're just like not feeling it, then you might as well not even bother because it's literally the feeling is, the, is what matters, right? That's the secret. And so we train people how to feel gratitude. And it comes from, first of all, really recognizing and appreciating the small things, you know, like, thank you for this day. You know, thank you for the breath that I breathe. Thank you for my body. Like the simple things that we can all be grateful for and acknowledge in this moment. We don't have to be like, thank you for my, my mansions. Like it doesn't have to be something external. It's just something simple to start with. Thank you for my family or thank you for my friend, whatever you have in this moment, start with that. And um, the 22 minute uh, United Nations meditation, it was you know, you start with yourself and then you go to thinking about and thanking and being grateful for your family and then your community, your home, and then out from there, you know, the people in, in your country and then the world and, 
and then the whole planet and it expands out and so that you really understand the interconnectedness of everything and that's something also to be grateful for is to recognize the interconnectedness of everything and one of the big breakthroughs for me was to really be able to feel gratitude for even the hardest experiences like those early traumas or even just like huge things that happened where maybe I lost, you know, a lot of money in a bad uh, thing that happened or somebody stole from me, whatever kind of thing. And then like literally to see the gift of it and to say, wow, you know, like I can see why that happened and I can see the takeaway. I can see how that helped me to grow or, you know, like even in the deepest traumas to, to thank the perpetrator, to be able to say, wow, it's because of that experience that I became who I am today in this moment. So regardless of how dark that was back then or in that experience, that I'm grateful for that because I'm stronger, I'm deeper, I'm wiser and more capable of serving my purpose and my mission because of that and and to have gratitude for even those dark, dark moments. That is one of the keys. And so taking gratitude beyond just, I'm so grateful for my dog, which of course you need to be grateful for those things, but to get to like the other things that you don't want to forgive and those things that you don't want to be grateful for, the things that you want to feel resentful and victim and all things, because it's those energies that right. keep you out of happy. Right? It's like, you know, you can be grateful for all the beautiful things, but if you're not grateful for all the dark things, then you're just going to stay, you know, in that kind of like muddy ground where you're not pure happiness. And pure happiness comes from true freedom. And true freedom is literally letting go of everything and recognizing that it's all in divine and perfect order. Thank you to the universe. Thank you, God. Thank you for the way that life is. I recognize that there's a divine perfection to all of it. And I'm choosing to be in a vibration of gratitude and appreciation. And by choosing that, I'm also choosing my own happiness. And by choosing my own happiness, I'm choosing to affect the world around me in a positive way and to be a light in this world and not be a part of the darkness. Love it. So powerful. So powerful. What I love about it is there's so much learning in the darkness. There's so much learning in the failure that we think of failure as such a horrible thing. We look at failure as something we should avoid. We look at those, those dark times that we should avoid those. These are bad things. We should always be happy. But as resilience research shows, the bee should not fly. Its wings are too small for its body. And there's nothing that says that that bee should be able to survive some of the environments that it's in. So they took bees into space and, you know, they had the gravity taken away and the bees were kind of flying, but then they died. They were like, whoa, maybe they can't survive out here. And then they were thinking about, well, maybe it's too easy for them. Maybe that gravity equalized and... They can breathe, but the bees had died. They built a biodome in 1991 in the desert of Arizona. They had the perfect conditions, the wind, perfectly watered, perfectly fed. The plants grew to the biggest that, they've ever, that, the, that anyone's ever seen. The trees, huge redwoods, 
they grew these trees to record levels, but push those trees right over. They would fall over. They get to a certain height, and you could just push them over. And they found out that the wind is actually what strengthens the roots of those trees. That's why they can grow so high. Grown in a perfect environment, the tree will grow, but its roots will not grow. So it's not sustainable for that tree to grow to that height because it's not supported. The wind, what we would consider failure and stormy dark nights, actually is what helps us grow. And so they use the plants as an example that in any harsh conditions, these particular plants that they grew in this biodome died almost instantly. Too much rain, too much wind, and they would get destroyed and they would die. Which goes to show that we have to have those dark and stormy nights in order to cement our own resilience and to grow roots inside of ourselves for growth. Wow, I love that story. <laughs> That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's great research studies that are that are that are out there uh, that you TEDx talk that just goes to show that you know, like you said, don't be afraid. Don't look at the bad things. Be grateful for those dark and stormy nights because it's in those moments that we start to grow the most. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people get stuck in those moments, and I think that that's why people aren't happy is that, I mean, I had this many years as well. It's like you you dwell on the past, and you go over it in your mind, and and you go over it and over it, maybe you want to try to figure out how it could have been different or this or that, and, and it's just dwelling in the past. Or so that they say that, like, when you're dwelling in the past, is why you get depressed, right? And then when you're, you have fear of the future is why you get anxiety. So truly just being present in this moment is the key to it all, you know? So, I mean, if, you're, if you are going to look to the past, maybe try to find something you could learn from about what happened, but don't dwell there very long, and especially if it doesn't make you feel good. Now, if you can go to the past and, and feel better, then fine. Okay, dwell in that for a moment. You know, like think about your best moment and just like dwell in that happiness and bring that into the present moment. That's a great technique. But to just go into the past experience and dwell in that and go over and over in the mind, it just brings you back down to that suffering to really let go of the past, unless it's bringing you to joy, happiness, and feeling good. To let go of the past, accept it, forgive it, be grateful for it, but then just continuously coming back to this present moment. And that's really one of the cornerstones of the work that I teach. I've been teaching meditation and different yoga practices and meditation and breath work and all these different things for 15 years. And, and I feel like that's the cornerstone of it all. Is It's all bringing us to this mastery of being able to be here in the present moment right now and appreciating what we have right here and right now in front of us and to be fully present is really a rare experience for most people most of the time humans are in the past or in the future and that's like the condition of the mind that needs to be uh, trained you know because the train the mind needs training it's like a muscle. Most of the people just think the mind is the mind, but the mind is like a muscle. It's like, you got to go to the gym. You got to train your body. You got to do yoga. You got to, you know, you got to move your body, but you have to learn to 
work with your mind and, and observe where it goes and where is it taking you. And when it takes you to these places, does it feel good or does it not feel good? And if it doesn't feel good, stop going there. You know, just literally stop going there. Right. And then mm-hmm. every time you go to places that don't feel good, literally like just bring your attention back to this moment and your breath right here and right now and what you're grateful for right here and right now and the appreciation of your life right here and right now. And the more that you can train it to just keep just lovingly guiding it back to this moment, this awareness of right now and, and that other story is no longer your story that could actually be like a past life sometimes I like to envision it like that was a past life you know like I've had many iterations of this life you know I'm sure you've had that as well you feel like wow it feels like a past life this period of time where it was like a lot of suffering and then you look back on that and you're just like wow that doesn't even feel like it's real anymore it was like so long ago but Mm -hmm. it was really not even that long ago it's just you separate your energy from the association with it enough that it starts to feel more and more distant. And then the more and more distance you can get between yourself and the old suffering self, then you start to have this space around you. This, this spaciousness is, is so freeing. It's so light. It's so beautiful. And you start to, to just be able to observe it like, wow. And with compassion, you see your old self and the unconsciousness that you used to operate with that brought about that suffering perhaps, or even if the suffering felt like it wasn't any doing of your own, but just the fact that that was your experience and just observing it like you would a loving child and and just with compassion and love for yourself and, and just letting it go. And then being in this moment and being like, wow, yay, I'm here now. And over here, it's so great. And let me just see all the beautiful, beautiful things that I have to be grateful for right here and right now. And the more that you just train yourself and train that muscle of presence, present moment awareness and feeling good <laughs> and then you start to feel right. better and better it's not the only formula i've done a lot of work around this like different trauma healing or you know like actual different therapies um that really really help and that help to release those old emotions and those old memories because there is an energy that gets stuck in us when something really big happens that's traumatic and there are things that you need to do sometimes like I've done a lot of different um, regression you know like you can actually go into an old story if you want to and it's really good to do it with the guidance of somebody that knows what they're doing but um, to actually reprogram the story and see it in a new way I did that with my with some experiences from my childhood. It's like life changing to be able to like I remember this moment. It was so interesting. There was like so many of these, but there was a moment. It was like one of the most traumatic moments of my early childhood. I remember when my mother lost her mind. They actually like kind of tore us like out of her arms. Like we were really screaming and crying because we didn't want to be taken away from our mother to be put into like strangers' homes. And so I remember that night it was really traumatic and I, I was screaming and crying and it was really horrible. So like that energy of like the little child screaming and crying and being torn from her mother's arms had been living mm-hmm. inside of me for like decades, you know, and I was like operating from this wow. pain body. I wasn't aware of, but I was just like operating from that at times. And it was like, now I look back and I saw how like my interactions with, for, for example, for with romantic partners, sometimes, I would feel like this abandonment and then I would go into these 
energies and I didn't even know why and, and it would just like take over me and then once I healed that and I was able to you know like reframe that actually I, I went through this whole completion process and I saw being ripped out of their arms I actually saw it in a new way and I saw like them my parents telling me we have to go now and you have to have this other um, journey because it's going to help you to become who you're meant to be so you can fulfill your life purpose to help people in this world. And we can't be with you during that because it's, it's being apart from us is what's going to make you strong so that you can be of greatest service. And it was like this really conscious conversation that I was having with them on the astral plane, like in a spiritual like dimension, which wasn't the physical reality, but this was like what was happening on the astral plane, like an agreement between us and my seven-year-old little self and my parents saying, we got to go. And this is, it's got to happen. We love you. Of course, we're always with you, of course, but we can't physically be a part of this journey with you now, because this is the journey that you need in order to, evolve to the to the extent that you're going to be able to serve in the greatest possible way to impact humanity, to make a difference in so many people's lives through your story because of the resilience that you'll develop from this suffering. And so like to reframe it right. that way and to come out of that like, oh, and I really was like, I love them. Like, wow, what amazing thing. They literally signed up for that and that I signed up for that storyline so that we could have that experience and that finally I could let go of the victim feeling of why did that happen to me? And all of a sudden it was like, we chose that on a spiritual dimension. We chose that experience as them, as my parents and me as the child and that whole story. We chose that because we knew it was for the highest evolution of all involved, including humanity. And then to be able to feel like gratitude to walk away from that instead of like abandonment and the victim and the feeling of for me it's horrible pain suffering and like feelings about it yeah so would you say that that would be one of your transformational moments that puts you on the path to what you're doing today to shama so basically what she was what I took from that, what, what I heard was there was some healing. There was some, some things going on internally that needed to be healed before she could really start to heal other people. And I think that that's really profound and speaks to emotional intelligence where you recognize the vibration, the energy that you're putting into the world. And I always believe that what you put into the world you're going to get in return. If you're putting out a lot of hate, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of negativity, you inherently will start to absorb some of that negativity in one way or another, either in your relationships, in your professional life, personal life. It doesn't matter. It could be your bank account. You ever notice when you, when you start to pre count money, like they say, don't, don't, count your chickens until they hatch don't right for me it feels like i got oh i got all this money coming and i got this money coming and this money coming and then there's always a delay sometimes it's like yeah i got this going on and this going on this going on but but this is gonna happen and then it doesn't quite happen the way that you thought it would and i just feel like as as i'm as i'm listening to this 
it, it seemed to me that there was a lot of internal resolution that needed to take place before there was a lot of outside resolution that could take place with other people. And sometimes we come from a place of hurt. Sometimes we come from a place of love. I think everybody carries some sort of baggage. I believe that everybody carries some sort of trauma and pain of something that had happened to them and they still carry it. And we just got to put our baggage down. Just got to drop our bags. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. <laughs> well, for some <laughs> people it's not as easy as that, but it is as easy as that. So right. there's a great, um, there's a great story. I remember there's a teacher named Alan Watts. I don't know if you've heard of Alan Watts, but he was a great philosopher mm-hmm. Um, in, in the 1950s, and, and there was this, um, a student came to him and he said, you know, I feel, I know I need to meditate, I need to do yoga and do all these practices, um, but I'm just wondering, how long do I need to do all that in order to reach enlightenment? You know, and then he was like, well, you could do all that, and that you could spend your whole lifetime doing all that, or you can just choose to wake up right here, right now, and choose to be fully awake. It's a choice. And I always think about that because it's just like what you said about just putting your baggage down. Like for some people, it's like, yeah, just put the baggage down. And for some people, that's like they can just do that. Like I know people that there's like literally something happens and then the next day they don't even remember. It's just over. Even if it was the worst thing ever. It was just like they just are so good at letting things go. And then other people, it's like a whole journey, a process of letting things go. And so I think it's a choice. I agree with you. And at the same time, if you need the journey, the journey is there. But if you can let it go immediately, even better. (laughs) Right. Yep, exactly. So through everything that you were talking about earlier, would you say that that was one of the transformational moments that put you on the path of what you're doing now or is there a different moment that you would talk about that says, this is my moment? Like, it was the moment that said, I need to change or I need to go a different way or whatever. What was the moment that transformed your life, which allowed you to grow into what you're doing today? That's such a great question because I do wish that it was like one moment. I, You know, I always wish that it was like that for me, <laughs> right. but it was like, it was a progression. Like I had so many moments, like there was a, for example, I was hit by a car when I was 18, when I was riding my bicycle and that damaged my spine wow. and I ended up getting scoliosis. And the doctors all told me, there's nothing you can do. You just have to live with this. And you just go to chiropractor twice a week and you're going to be okay, but it's not going to ever be straight again. And so, you know, I just kind of was feeling a little hopeless because doctors tend to give you these hopeless diagnoses. So I was like, okay, nothing mm. you can do. Thanks. And I left and, um, you know, years went by and I started to develop a lot of pain in my upper back and in my neck and my hips were um, out of balance and stuff. And anyway, so years went by and I actually had developed depression. I was, so that was okay. I was 18. And so like when I was 23, I became really depressed, which is interesting because at that moment I had everything like the great American dream, right? I had this amazing three bedroom place on a golf course in Boca Raton, Florida. I was living with the love of my life at the time, my boyfriend. 
I had a car. I had a, a great job. I was making really good money, and they were promoting me frequently because I was the best in the company at what I was doing. It was a sales position. And basically, I was so depressed. I literally could not get out of bed. And I was, I was just on the weekends, I was just crying and depressed. And I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy when I had what everyone else had always talked about was, you know, the dream. I had everything. And I, nothing was bringing me any joy. And I remember asking God, I was like, you know, talking to God, I was just like, what can I do? Because even trying to be grateful isn't working, literally. Like my boyfriend would be like, right, wow. everything you're for and I just I would be writing things like I'm grateful for my house I was not feeling it and so it didn't matter like to to be grateful if you don't feel grateful right to write it down mm -hmm. but not feel it might as well not do it right and I was going through the motions of life I was completely numb inside and I had no idea how to get out of this funk because I you know I'd had a lot of hard times but there was very few times where I was this down right and I couldn't get out and crying a lot all the time. And um, anyway, so eventually I, I started asking myself better questions. And I, I was guided to um, some some spiritual teachings by Deepak Chopra back then. I read his book, Seven. Oh, I love it. Six. Yeah, and it was really an important yeah. time of my life. And then I, um, I asked myself the question, well, what would I do if money had no influence into the decision? Like, what would bring me happiness? Like, what do I like to do even? And I remember thinking, well, I really like movement. I was always an athlete. And I was like, I like movement. I like being outside. And I like helping people. Those are like the three things. So I was like, maybe I could be a fitness trainer, right? Even though I was like making all this money in my job, I was like, I could just help people in their training. Because back then, nobody was being a yoga and meditation teacher like full time. It wasn't oh, like a yeah. career. No. You know, so I was like, I could never do that. But like when I, you know, when I really thought about it, I was like, what, what really makes me feel good was going to yoga and meditation and doing like things like that. But I never thought of that as a possibility. So anyway, I decided to give everything up. I literally walked away from my American dream. I walked away from my house on the golf course, from the boyfriend, from the great job. I quit the job. I walked away from literally everything. I just let it all go. And I said, I'm going to do what brings me joy. And I started pursuing that. And, and it was like, so then I was Googling one day and I found, uh, I was Googling inner peace. I was literally looking for inner peace on Google, which is so ironic like who does that right especially 15 <laughs> years ago or 16 years ago 2004 but I, I was googling inner peace and luck would have it there was a place called yoga and inner peace like about an hour from my house and they were offering a yoga and meditation teaching training program so I was like I'm gonna go to that so I literally I had to get up every day 4:45 in the morning and drive an hour to go sit in the dark and meditate and breathe and do mantras and yoga all day every day for 10 weeks but this program I have to be like really give it accolades because it was a simple program, but it changed my life in such a profound way. And it was amazing because part of the cornerstone of their program had to do with you had to chant mantras. And I remember I was really resistant to that because I was like, what are these mantras and what am I even saying? But it was interesting because after some time, I just started feeling better and better. And even though like during yoga and Shavasana, I was crying and, you know, every day I was just like inhale, let, exhale, go and just letting go of like all my suffering. But it was like when I was chanting and when I was 
even they made us clean the toilets for free as part of the karma yoga program. And I was sitting there cleaning the toilets in the bathroom on a Saturday morning for free and chanting Jaya Ganesha, whatever. And I was just like having so much joy for the first time in my life. I felt happy. And I was like, there's something to this. There's a magic here that it's hard to, to even understand how to explain it to anybody. You just have to feel it because it's the feeling that I was missing, which mm-hmm. is this joy. And I found it through the most simple acts of service to, you know, to clean the toilet for free or to, you know, just chant the name of God. And, uh, and it was raising my vibration and it really was healing me in so many profound ways. And then I remember one day I was walking on the beach and this was the day that changed everything for me. And I was walking on the beach and it was a very overcast day. So it was white out and the clouds and then the, the ocean was white. And then it was a white sand beach because I was in Florida and it was literally like everything was white. And I felt like I was literally walking through heaven. And I was, um, I just remember this resounding sound of ohm through my mind. It was like for hours and hours. And it was the first time in my entire life that I really felt true inner peace that was lasting. And it lasted for hours and no thoughts came in. And I was just like peace. And I felt this immersion, like a, a oneness absorption with everything and it and and especially the white clouds and the environment it really just made me feel like I was emerging with the universe and I was and that moment changed my life forever and I remember at the end of this experience of becoming a teacher I still didn't think you could make a living with that so I was like you know I don't even care about the money part I just want to help people so I just started sharing people all these beautiful things that I had learned and um, I started to attract so much abundance Literally, like my first year as a yoga teacher, I was making like $80,000 a year and nobody was wow. making $80,000 a year as a yoga right. teacher. And I like, had wow. so much abundance and like clients lining up. I had a guy who uh, was a marketing um master of marketing as a client and he helped me launch my YouTube channel. So I was one of the first people on YouTube back in 2006 and we launched my YouTube channel. I started the first online yoga challenge in 2008, which sparked a huge global trend, which started all these other yoga challenges, which is, I believe what made yoga um, mainstream, honestly, it's like because of all those challenges and literally I was born from, just this de- desire to share this magic medicine that had healed me. And I didn't care about the money. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this for the money. It, it had nothing to do with the money. I had all the other money and everything. And I let that go um, to be happy. And when I finally found like the medicine for my soul that really brought me happiness and I started sharing that, spreading that was when all this abundance showed up. And I had all these millions of people on YouTube. And um, then I, I wrote my book and I, I started a lot of things after that. But you know, I, I created a school at that point because I was getting all of these people emailing me on YouTube saying, oh, no, I'm suffering and I need healing. Like, how can you help me? And I was getting like thousands of emails from people telling me they needed healing and how could I help them? And here I was like 25 or something. And I was just like, I don't even know how I can really help you other than these videos. But um, I got really overwhelmed. But I, I was like, you know what? I really, um, I really know that this is something the world really needs. And I so I wrote my first book. It was called Journey to Joyful, and that's how I ended up becoming a happiness guru. Is because from Journey to Joyful, I got invited to speak at the International Day of Happiness at the United Nations, and that's how I also got inducted into the Happiness Hall of Fame at Stanford. Was because of all of that, which is amazing because I had no idea what even that like. I didn't even know that existed. You literally, there's a Happiness Hall of Fame. 
for a second, let's just enjoy that, that there is a happiness hall of fame. The second part of that I would say is how do you, like how does one even get inducted into something like that? And I guess you proved it by the work that you do and everything that you've done. I'm just blown away. When you told me, it's like, yeah, I was inducted into the Happiness Hall of Fame. I'm like, what? Is that a thing? I just, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, when you think of Hall of Fame, it's we think of like wrestling, sports, you know, NFL, baseball, whatever. But that's so cool. There's a Happiness Hall of Fame. That's amazing. I know. When I found out about it, I was also so so excited about that because I was like, yeah, they always just give people credit for like being athletic and stuff or like being very musical. But what about, you know, like the rest of the world who doesn't dedicate their life to these musical or athletic, you know, endeavors, you know, and it's interesting because the people that have been inducted into the Happiness Hall of Fame at Stanford are like Dolly Parton. Actually, they did. Um, they inducted, I think, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, Tony Robbins was inducted. So it was like, you know, some really high level, really cool people, also some athletes. And, um, you know, it's, it's just an acknowledgement. I feel it comes from, uh, they, they said that the people that they select for it, it's like, not only that you're obviously happy because that's dedicated your life to helping others as well to be happy or to experience that happiness and that that's a part of your work that you do. And um, so that's obviously why I got inducted, I believe. And also, um, you know, there's different, there's different parts of it, but just really dedicating my life to helping people to find that experience, that inner joy, that happiness from within, and that that's the cornerstone of the work that I do now with my, um, I have a, a yoga institute, or it's, it's called Flow State Institute. And one of the cornerstones of Flow State is to really feel, you know, this health, happiness, and well-being, um, and this absorption with the, the present moment. And that's what I've dedicated my life to, is to spread that message. And where is that located? Um, we have location actually all over the world. I'm in Bali right now. We have a location here, um, and we have locations in Europe and in the U.S. and Hawaii, but mostly online. So we have an online certification. It's a yoga and meditation mm-hmm. teacher training program, but it's much more than that. It's very in-depth on how to heal and clear all the old traumas and stories so that you can really connect to that joy, that happiness, and that gratitude, and then live from that place and then create a life around that and help others to do that as well. So it's a self-perpetuating happiness system. <laughs> and we're like, right. we find it within ourselves and help other people get there too. Right. Love it. So as we close the show, what is the message that you want to leave the listeners? If they listen to anything that we, that we have said, if they, if they pick one thing to listen to, what is the one thing that you want to tell them? The one thing I want to share with people is you are the master of your life, that whatever circumstances you've been through, whatever experiences that have been challenges, those are blessings. Those have been important stepping stones to become the great soul that you're here to be, to serve the world in your own unique and powerful way. And you can let it all go, the old stories, and you can create the life of your dreams. And all of that starts from within. And so mastering the mind, mastering the emotions, and truly feeling the gratitude and the joy of this moment and 
and then serving the world from that wholeness inside is the greatest fulfillment and it's, it's going to continue to perpetuate that feelings of joy and happiness and gratitude as you continue to give back. And so if you'd like to be a part of our community, you can join us at flowstate.yoga. And we have uh, training programs, retreats, and different books and everything. I have a, a new book coming out called The Flow State. And you can download a free chapter at theflowstate.co. And this one is all about the universal law of intention. So set your intention for having a remarkable life, and you will create that for yourself. Love it. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest on Life Transformation Radio. Thank you. So happy to be here. Have a beautiful day. Namaste. You too. You as well. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around her. If any part of our conversation today with the Shama has resonated with you, please reach out to her. Watch her Happiness Hall of Fame. Go to her website. It's right there in the show notes. Click on the link and then search her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out her YouTube. She is everywhere and she has amazing, amazing content. Consider subscribing to Life Transformation Radio. Subscribe to her YouTube channel and please leave comments. Please leave ratings and reviews so that we know what you think and so that we can serve you better. As we close the show, I always say live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live an amazing life.